0: Hello and welcome to In the Back Room uh, with your host, Mr. Shank. And Mr. Woods. And today we're going to talk to you about Greece's geography, or SOL 5A.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: What are some other things we might be just sprinkling on?
1: So, we're going to hit geography, take a look at a map here in the notes, um, if you're following us on the YouTube section, we'll probably talk about some archaic Greece peoples, um, Some geographic landforms, and it looks like we have government on the docket as well.
0: Lots of, lots of government.
1: Big government, little government, no government.
0: (laughs) Anarchy, excellent.
1: Should be, should be a, a fine time.
0: So, before we get started, we like to
1: always say... All right, now we can begin. Get us started for the day.
0: All right, so ancient Greece, we talk about the geography, and probably when you think Greece, you think the Aegean Sea.
1: Or you think of scum on dishes. Uh, you mean like algae? Like Greece. Like oh, dishes are great. <laughs> I thought like Aegean Come algae. Come on now. Come <laughs> okay, on now. <laughs>
0: you got it, okay.
1: I get one good one. Ah,
0: you one. got me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's would be east of mainland Greece, and if you describe where Greece is in location, the best thing you could say is what, southeast? Europe?
1: Yeah, I mean, southeastern Europe, the eastern Mediterranean, um, I guess would be a, another way of kind of describing it. If we're thinking about the like, context of places that we've talked about in class, this is like north of Egypt, uh, west of Mesopotamia and India and China, <laughs> I guess. so. Uh, Everything. But kind of a... It's, it's, Greece is definitely important, not for just like the classical period that we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks, but like central to the development of Europe, really. Um, of mankind in general, yeah. yeah.
0: And also you can consider Greece to be in Asia as well, what you consider mm-hmm. like Greek speaking or Greek culture, you know, that mm-hmm. stretches into it. What we know is uh, Turkey today, but, you know, Asia Minor, which is small for the beginnings of Asia, or Anatolia, yeah, that's what the Greeks called that area, correct?
1: Uh, I believe I believe Anatolia, Anatolia is. It sounds yeah. very Greek. It does, and then you have like they. So so this was something I discovered last year. Um, the difference between Hellenic and Hellenistic. I never really understood the origin of mm-hmm. that. So Helen, when you refer to it with two L's, you're talking about a guy, and so he's like the mythical. Um, I guess progenitor of the greek people so like he is the let me see here the son of deucalion or, or zeus and pira and so they're, they're like like demigod type status and so he settles in this area and then his children populate it and they're the helens the greeks
0: names all of his kids helen helen yeah that's pretty easy <laughs> helen one helen two helen three
1: Man, I, I struggle when I know my, I get confused my kid's name and the dog's name all the time. They start with the same letter. I can't imagine.
0: Oh, man. Uh, so if we continue on the west of what we know as the Balkan Peninsula, which is kind of like mainland Greece, mm-hmm. we have the Ionian Sea. The Ionian Sea. And one thing that I don't know that my kids got messed up with, maybe yours did too, was they were thinking Ionia was right there with the Ion, which is a legitimate mistake,
1: right? I think that it's just hard when we do the map before we talk about how the Greeks colonized that they, because I mean, like you have Greeks everywhere living around the Mediterranean, even in even in the archaic period of Greece. Like they referred to kind of what we would call the the heel of Italy, the that boot area. That was, um, I think it was like. Magna Graecia, like like Greater Greece, mm-hmm. uh, because it was so Greek-ish that it was just considered an extension of Greece itself. Very greeky, greeky. Yes, yeah. and I think that would be the, <laughs> the appropriate terminology there. Yeah, no. So I think that I think that the fact that the Ionians kind of colonized the area around there, as well as like the province of Ionia in Asia Minor, I think that gets confusing.
0: Yeah, um, I, I definitely see that, which is understandable. But as we move to the the south, because we're just kind of going over the the seas that are nearby, and you have the Mediterranean Sea, which is just south, and that stretches, you know, all over. over yeah, and I mean, Europe. I,
1: I guess depending on how far zoomed out you are on a map, the whole thing's the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never really quite understood, like <laughs> the the boundary lines of seas. I guess it's the the closer you get, the more specific you have to be, and so the the minor seas become. Major seas. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's and well, it's kind of the same argument too when you talk about like continents can technically be islands.
1: Yeah, or 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 like oceans. Why are there multiple when all the waterways connected at, at right. the North Pole mm. around the what would be the Arctic? You know, so we, we humans are silly. Or the, the Southern Ocean that didn't exist when I was in school.
0: I just, this rose This rose up you, out of the ocean. Did you
1: run into that when, when you were talking about uh, that I didn't, kind of stuff?
0: I, I didn't run into water, but. Um. Well,
1: I mean, I've done that. <laughs> no,
0: no, times. it wasn't a thing when I was in school. No, we
1: we learned four oceans. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, uh, yeah I was, I seemed crazy. Probably in like 20,
0: it. 30 years without another ocean, so. Why not?
1: Just throw a couple in there.
0: Might as well. To the northeast, we have the Black Sea, and so what I had my kids, and I kind of thought of this today, so. Two things. Think of it like it looks like a black Xbox controller. It looks like a controller. Xbox controller, yeah, typically black. Maybe you, it looks like a shoe to you. It looks like a shoe or an Xbox controller. Either way, think of it like a black shoe or a black Xbox controller, yeah, and that kind of helps you. Yeah, black Sea. Um,
1: Do you pronounce it the Sea of Marmara or marmara? Marmera?
0: marmara or...
1: I don't know. Like I, I always have said Marmara, but I don't even know where that comes from. Like the the word itself, uh, that could be a that could be a Google Mara, question. Like mar- I know the Romans Mare means sea. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a connection there. I, I'm gonna look it up. The sea of sea. The sea of seas.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Um, <clears throat> anyways, while he looks that up, the big Balkan Peninsula. We have a smaller peninsula, and the peninsula is water on three sides. And the smaller one where Sparta is located, which we'll just talk about next week in detail, or the coming weeks, is called the Peloponnesus Peninsula. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. It's also known Peloponnesian Ah, uh, Peninsula, but you're gonna have Peloponnesus come up quite a bit yeah. in Greece. It's not going away. I was telling my kids like I, they try to avoid it because it was hard to say. I'm like don't don't even bother not trying to say it because it's gonna come up
1: or Peloponnese like i I see mm-hmm. it just called the Peloponnese, right, no,
0: not even the peninsula. It's just kind of known.
1: I guess that's kind of the same thing with Anatolia, like you'll see it as Anatolian Peninsula too. I mean
0: mm-hmm. uh... and then we have. Uh, Mount Olympus where it's kind of like the mythological mountain where the gods of Greece were said to have inhabited the the Olympians which we'll talk about that towards the end of Greece we'll kind of go over that in detail some of you may already know about the ancient gods of Greece which is great it gives us a a, a definite lead when we get into it
1: You ready for the pronunciation of Marmara or Marmara <laughs> <laughs> we're going <we're> to <laughs> We're going to let, if YouTube is back up now. It is, yeah. It shut down
0: on me last night. How dare they?
1: Maybe. Marmara. Turkish
0: Marmara. Marmara.
1: Marmara. Turkish Marmara. Marmara. So I guess Marmara. Marmara. Okay. Marmara. Nah, I don't know. But uh, it gets its name from marble, though really right. yeah so so mm-hmm. from from what i'm seeing marble anyway. nearby yeah it says it it gets its uh, name from marmara island which is a rich source of marble which is marmaron in greek hmm. so i guess yeah, that's that's the name maybe the,
0: maybe the sea of marble sea the marble sea <laughs> marble sea hmm. and then when we talk about uh sparta uh, right nearby, not on the Peloponnesian Peninsula, but we have Athens, mm-hmm. and Athens is the center of democracy, center of like what we're going to be talking about for the most part um, in the next coming weeks.
1: Yeah, better part of, better part of a week and a half probably. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and near there too, you don't have it, but I'm not um, surprised they don't. It's Delphi. Delphi's oh, in that region there, yeah, which the Oracle. the Oracle Delphi, which that's probably one of the most beautiful spots I think I've ever seen. That's just like the epitome of like what. Greece is yeah I
1: think we should mention for those of uh, those of our listeners that aren't aware you've been to Greece so yes this, this is first hand experience from your part yeah
0: so I have uh, and I have down here some of like the pictures and so forth just so I can kind of like for my own reference here from when we were there to yeah 2016 man it's time. Where does it go?
1: I was telling some of my students about it today. That how you have been there, and then actually just this past weekend have been in Nashville because mm-hmm. we're talking about the Parthenon. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was explaining to them kind of you've seen the real one, mm-hmm. and now you've seen the copy.
0: Yeah, which was made like 125 years ago. Yeah, which is it's still. Like I said, I got a private tour, and the, the I got I got more information. I learned more about the Parthenon and so forth after that experience, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, Delphi for sure. I mean, if I. You want to talk about the other ones while I bring that up?
1: Yeah, well, and Delphi is the site of, of the Oracle II. Was it Apollo? Was it an Oracle II Apollo at Delphi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, we talked about oracles back with China, but, um, you know, it's a way of communicating with the gods, and it was a very sacred site. And I, I was talking about today because a group of my kids were talking about Oedipus Rex. Like, if you were a leader in ancient Greece, you couldn't lead without consulting oracles frequently. Um, and I mean, we'll be talking about that later too, but that, that's just sort of a brief tie-in since you brought Delphi up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was, uh, thought it was interesting. Is Virginia on the same latitude as Greece? You know, I don't know. It, it just, from my mental picture mm-hmm. of the map, it's gotta be, it's, that's what be I, because
0: I, I'm pretty sure it's gotta be, um, relatively close. Yeah. Well, um, you want to look, I'll, I'll talk yeah, about, I'll talk I'll, about I'll, Delphi in a little I'll, bit here. I'll, yeah, I'll, um, so as I look through the uh, pictures of Delphi, I'm just noticing that um, I mean, you're looking at when you're there, it feels and I, you understand why, that they thought the gods almost inhabited there and where they the oracles um, were there, which we learned what oracles were. basically you're speaking people are speaking through the gods. It, it feels like you're in almost like another world. When you're up there that high and you're looking over these mountainous regions of Greece and the skies are so blue and the sun is shining down on you and you're soaking in the freshest air you can possibly imagine, you know, it's not, you know, muffled with all the pollution that we have here. Um, in various areas.
1: It's very close. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so so Virginia is at 37 degrees north latitude, mm. give or take, and Greece is 39 degrees north okay. latitude. Okay. So, so very, very close. I
0: figured it had to be pretty close. That's what yeah. I was going to say, 37 or 39, you know? Yeah,
1: so I guess, I guess Greece is just slightly more north. I don't know. Maybe that's like southern Pennsylvania.
0: Oh man, that's, that's like my I, territory. Now, now right. I got to check. <laughs> if there's no way that weather is similar,
1: we're gonna we're gonna look specifically at your hometown. Oh
0: man, Here, Brazil. Uh, then we have places like Mount. Know, we have Thebes, um, Attica, and so forth. We have different. Well, we call the you know these different locations like you know, I said Thebes, <laughs> and is it right there?
1: Forty forty degrees north latitude. So oh, it's my... it's almost spot on. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so we have Thebes and Athens and Sparta. These are all city states, which is the city and the surrounding yeah, lands. A- lands, areas. The
1: uh the I think the the Greek word for it is Korah. Kora. Yeah, it's like supporting lands around the polis. Kora.
0: Kora. Hmm. And, uh, uh what else are we seeing here? You want to take care ooh, of ooh, Asia. While we're on
1: Polis, while we're on Polis there, let's mention uh, a few other terms that go with that. So, like we were talking about the Parthenon, mm-hmm. which is in Athens, on the Acropolis, mm-hmm. which is the high portion of the city, right? The defensible hilltop that most, I would say, I wouldn't say all, but I would say several Greek city states had, mm-hmm. um, if they weren't already kind of nestled into mountains as it was. Um, then the Agora. Which is the, the open space, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of open spaces, agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I guess, so the, so the other question I would have for you, since you've been there, mm-hmm. um, because of the isolation of these city-states, um, how many of them had avenues for water access? Like, the ones that you have been to, like how close were most of them to a, to a shoreline? where they could get to the... You're city. talking like the cities? Yeah. I
0: mean, they're yeah. like, they're constantly surrounded by some source of water. I mean, they, you know, we went through the canal system I was talking today about the Peloponnesus Peninsula, how it's technically not a peninsula mm-hmm. and it's actually it's actually an island mm-hmm. because they cut that that canal through. They're everywhere. Every Like, they cut these, you know, canals and their the cities are by the water. Wherever there is water, they're on hillsides and so forth. Like, just, they don't care if it's extremely steep. They're completely surrounding it. Um... I mean, you look at the pictures that I have up for like the Santorini. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the pictures of Santorini with the blue domes and so forth, they're right on the hillside, right on that mountainside, right. and right there is the water. You know, we went through the um, uh, Bastion of Achilles, and there's this massive, massive lake that's right there, and there's this huge fortress on top of it called the the Bast- Bastion of Achilles, and it's it's really just an incredible um, the site, but they're, they're building by. Water Is that what you're looking for? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that, that kind of ties into just the importance of water for trade, for travel in Greece. Because, I mean, given its, its terrain, it's difficult to travel over land. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not so much today, but definitely in ancient times when, you know, you're limited in technology for travel.
0: Well, I mean, even today, when we were going up in the bus, going up to Delphi... You you think that it's like some sort of a cartoon the way you're going up back and forth and because you can't just go straight up these hills. So you got it, switchbacks. Yeah, you you had it took a while to get up a like this massive massive mountain essentially and we had a bus. Imagine you know them trying to cross over into these. They're just not going to do it or they're not going to be as inclined to do it. Yeah, um, which is kind of like yeah, a pun incline. there. Inclined, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of what formed these city states, these polis. Po- wait, what's the plural form?
1: Police. Police. Or pol- police. police.
0: It's almost like police. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <which> is <laughs> ironic. Police.
1: But I guess so. It's just an e, right? So polis, p o l i s, and then p o e l i s is multiple. Police. 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 Gotcha. And then police derives from that, right? Like the police yeah, force, yeah. they're the guardians of the state mm-hmm. and politics, right? The representation or, or governance of a state mm. it's all it's all it's very, connected all very connected
0: uh do you want to mention quickly the asia minor those regions and the cities and so forth
1: yeah so over on asia minor which is across the aegean from mainland greece we've got uh well let's just start with the territories we've got the territory well there's several right we're mentioning two but i mean this is Remnants of the Persian satraps. Uh, so there's lots, but we've got Ionia, which is a Greek territory. So this would have been colonized by Greek people. And you have Lydia, which is, again, another Greek territory. So you would have had Ionian Greeks and Lydian Greeks that colonized this area. And the colonies were necessary because, I mean, the mountainous terrain of Greece, you've got to get food from somewhere, and you can't grow it. On the, you want on to the define mainland. a colony? Uh, so, so the way I was explaining it, because it had to do in class today. So the way I was explaining was, that, you know, here in Virginia, we are a former colony of, of Great Britain, right, of the British Empire, because they needed resources that we had. So you send people out to take control of the territory or a or location, and then they are kind of a, a subject state of yours that you can tax or you can gain resources from, and then they have some sort of um, protection or connection to the, the mother country. So Virginia was a, a location for timber and tobacco mm-hmm. uh, to be exported back to Great Britain. And then Great Britain acted as sort of a shield for Virginia against, you know, uh, any kind of meddling that they may have received from the French or the Spanish during that period, as well as... Supplies for fighting against natives, or or, lit, or more people, or just whatever it needed to be that had to come from a mother state, mm-hmm. uh, except for of course you know uh, representation. It's a bit of a downer there.
0: Need taxation without representation. Oh yeah. Anyways,
1: um, so as far as cities go, we got to mention Troy, uh, though I don't think we should talk about it too much because I think I think one of our later episodes we could dedicate to. Like the Iliad and the Odyssey. The Odyssey yeah. yeah. So Troy's, Troy's name for the ancient Greeks would have been Ilium, which is where the Iliad gets its name. But it's the story of the Trojan War. So Troy is the location of where this once Trojan city stood. Um, and I think it was, time-wise, I don't remember, but I know the guy's name. It was Heinrich Schleiman that discovered Troy was a historical site based mm-hmm. on Homer's epic um but it's right there on the peninsula near the Dardanelles or the Hellespont.
0: It's so like uh, 1200 BC. Yeah, no, that 12, sounds 13. that sounds right because he wrote it 800 years
1: after. Right, and it's that Bronze Age period so yeah. I would, I would say I would say between 1400 and 1200. Yeah. Um I think I, I was reading something. I don't know if it's I'm going to fact check myself. I was thinking they referred to it as Troy 7. So, how many times Troy had been rebuilt.
0: Yeah, that that is actually familiar, Troy 7. I, thought I was going to mention that because they like went over the layers and so forth. And yeah. They, they kind of came up with it. And it was like the seventh layer.
1: Yeah, chronolo- so Troy 7 chronologically spans to 1300 to 950 BCE, coinciding with the collapse of the Bronze Age. So, that's got to be, yeah, the the Troy from, <coughs> from, I guess, from the Trojan War, mm-hmm. um, at least as far as that goes. But... I do know that it was it was kind of discovered by Heinrich Schleiman. I want to see when, though, because it was, I mean, within the past couple hundred years.
0: Mm-hmm. While you do that, I'll, I'll talk about... We have Crete, where the first um, the Minoans are from, which is the, one of the biggest islands. It is the biggest island in uh, the Aegean Sea slash Mediterranean Sea area. And then you have another one uh, to the north, East of that called Rhodes, you know where we have one of the seven ancient wonders, the Colossus of Rhodes. The
1: island of Rhodes, not to be confused with Rhode Island. (laughs) That's
0: a lot of the kids said. Rhode Island? No, it's not Rhode Island. I'm sorry to, sorry to burst your bubble. And so, have you been saying gnosis or kenosis?
1: I have always said gnosis. Same. Um, but. I I don't know. I don't I, I don't uh I don't read linear A along yeah. with the rest of, of civilization, but no, I I don't know. I, I would say it's gnosis just because I I feel like that's the English, like no, like the word no, K N O W sound like K Um I don't oh okay, we'll just take it. We'll we'll go to the pronunciation for pronunciation. it. Pronunciation. And, if
0: you go up the Aegean Sea and you go into uh the northeastern portion by, by troy you're going to go to the the Hellespont or the Sea of Dardanelles and uh, sorry, the Strait of Dardanelles and then to, into the Sea of Marmara and then into the Bosphorus Strait, which is where current day Istanbul mm-hmm. is located, and then into the Black Sea. just want to make sure that we covered that It's kind of straight sea straight sea
1: yeah. And then the only thing left, I guess, I didn't mention was Sardis on on Asia Minor. Sardis being a, a major city of the Persian Empire. Briefly mm. um, mentioned it. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it was a major city of the Persian Empire, and it was actually, I believe, it's like one of the endpoints of the Royal Road. Yeah, yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. Sardis to Susa. But I have I have no up, or so I think. Let's let's hear the pronunciation. For turn the volume down. Nosa. Gnosis?
0: Gnosis. 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 Uh
1: that was where I would have gone with it, but okay. Gnosis. So we'll, Gnosis. Gnosis. All right, we'll All right,
0: we'll that adjustment. Right. Oh
1: and it's uh eighteen uh Hundred, hundreds. 1800s. It's like eighteen uh it looks like eighteen sixties, uh is when he discovered it. Eighteen sixties. Uh, Troy that is, that's that Heinrich Schliemann. Yeah. Okay. Um and I could be butchering his last name, but it's S C H L I E M A N N, so uh, German amateur archaeologist. And maybe Prussia at that period, I don't even know. And German, yeah, German. Living in Italy.
0: And then just uh south of the Mediterranean there, if you know your geography, south of Crete, Mediterranean, you have uh Egypt. Mm-hmm. Places like the Nile Delta, Alexandria, obviously the Nile River. That's gonna be a you know, a major connection point between the two. They're gonna trade with each other a lot, for sure and then you kind of have Tyre all by itself over there.
1: I I have that simply because I I know eventually we'll get to to my man Alexander yeah. and we can talk about his siege mm-hmm. of the city, but uh yeah, it is all by itself over there in the Levant. Um where we could have, you know, Byblos or Jerusalem or um uh, really kind of any, anything over there, Aleppo, mm-hmm. um Damascus, uh, you know, but Anyway, so it's that, the eastern border of the Mediterranean Sea, what we would today call the Middle East, the ancient Near East, or the, the western reaches of Mesopotamia, that kind of region, Canaan, Levant, whatever you want to call it. All
0: those great, great cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go on to mountainous and uh, the lack of arable land and what that means. Yeah,
1: tell us about arable, Mr. Shank.
0: Well, and there's lots of air, and you can breathe it. That's (laughs)
1: that's exactly. And when you don't have air uh, in your land, you can't live there.
0: Very true, very true. No, the lack of arable land means farmable land. I think it's like, what, 20% is actually farmable. And when you're there, you you immediately realize that you're not going to do a whole lot of farming. There just is not... There's a ton of mountainous, and the what mountains there are, it's extremely rocky. If you've ever planted anything, you don't want to plant where there's rocks. Yeah, it's not going to grow too much.
1: And that's what I was kind of trying to explain to my classes, because when we talk about China, China has a lot of mountains, and they would they would carve the steps into the mountains, but they're they're less rocky mountains. I guess yeah. would be the better way to put it. You're not, it's not sheer cliff sides. Except
0: the Appalachian Mountains, um, the less rocky yeah. mountains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess the Appalachians would be a, a comparison for. China, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I mean, it's more like I guess earth and hills at this point, yeah. Um, versus the Rocky Mountains, which would be a, a Greek style mountains, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, but yeah, that this is going to lead to them kind of trading and colonization, kind of like what we mentioned earlier,
1: and the isolation that the city states have that leads to the development of individual country like feel. Mm. I mean, I was trying to explain to my students about how if you if you grew up in Athens. You're not Greek. There's no consolidation of a Greek identity. Mm-hmm. So you are Athenian, and your goal in life, especially if you travel outside of your city, is to do things, uh, achievements, or, or deeds that are going to exalt your city. To, that you know, it's, You're proud of your city. You want to make your city proud of you. Uh, you want to keep the name of your city in good faith. It's exalting the god that's the patron of your city. So Athens, you've got Athena. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just a it's a cultural thing. It's not so much oh I I live in Fredericksburg uh, and that's cool. No, it's it's you want to do the things that are going to exalt your city and make it proud of you. I don't you. think anyone
0: said that before. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, she'd be the, she'd be the matron, wouldn't she?
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah.
0: Because we we taught, um when we were in uh, Nashville, we were talking yeah. about that. And he mentioned that. Who's the matron? It's Athena. Matron versus patron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh,
0: yes. And then the, we talked about the polis and the acropolis. I'll tell you, the acropolis itself, that's something. Like, it really is. Like, you, it's a lot of that is when you walk up to it, it's like marble, too. Really? So, like, the steps are marble. Wow. And it, you, it, you, you got, you're, like, slipping on steps because, like, everything's made out of marble, like, leading up to um, the Parthenon. Mm-hmm and you've know, seen it from afar you're like there it is and you can see it at night and they like light it up and there's like restaurants there and you can like sit and have like we have a like, fantastic like this big huge platter of like all the Greek food you can possibly imagine and we all ate it while we like looked out the window and just like looked at the Acropolis yeah. with the Parthenon there. we was like this is this amazing cool. beautiful day um, but yeah, it's really a sight to behold, and you're talking that was built what in the uh, 500s? Yeah, 500s BC. 2,500 years ago. There's just, I mean, it's obviously been rebuilt in different places, right. but you're still having a lot of the same like structural beginnings, I would say, like, I foundations.
1: Maybe, maybe 400s. 400s. Well, because there was a rig, there was a different. I mean, the the, the Acropolis Parthenon. has been there. There's been different Parthenons, Parthenons yes. but the but the one of Pericles, I guess, would be 400s, 400s yeah. yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, we're 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 mincing dates over tens of years at this point, or maybe a hundred years. When when the grand schemes, it's been there for two thousand five hundred years, folks. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Been a church, and armory, and everything in between.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's in the condition it's in. I mean, it's it's not pristine. It's it's no Nashville Parthenon, um, but but it is the original. It's still there, standing. My mom, I told
0: her she's like, it's an it's an exact replica. She's like, so it's an exact. I go, it's not exact. Like, why wouldn't she? Goes, why would they make it exact? I'm like, well, I don't think the original Parthenon would have a gift shop inside. of it. <laughs> she's like, okay, fair point, fair point. Yeah,
1: gotta um, get that money somehow.
0: You have to. Uh, so we can move on to the Minoans, as I mentioned earlier, with Crete. Mm,
1: yeah, these archaic Greek peoples. So I've got written down here on our notes the... I, okay, so my pronunciation on this might be off, too. Thalassocracy is how I would
0: And I've never uh, heard say it said before,
1: either. I never had heard it either, but it, as I did some investigation, it makes sense. So crassi, at the end of any word, is kratia, which is Greek for power mm-hmm. uh, or rule. And then Thalassos is an archaic Greek, I believe, goddess... Um, of the sea, so this is rule or power coming from the sea, uh, which if you're on an island like Crete, makes sense because you're going to have a navy, you're going to rule uh, or extend your power through the navy, whether it be trade or military, um, and that's that's what the Minoans did. They had a sea trade domination.
0: But they weren't they? they're were, they were pretty peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And probably because the same reason Great Britain was relatively peaceful. You don't mess with somebody that's controlling the navy yeah controlling the water you know
0: and it's like look at what i had." that know, and you have to
1: it. i guess you have to consider too like how many civilizations at that time could have competed with them in that area you know i mean egypt yeah but egypt didn't really venture into the mediterranean no, uh, in any kind of major force at that period mm-hmm. so the only competing people would be the ones we're going to talk about next and i mean yeah. that that did it for them so
0: uh, so we have that they are these Minoans. They're ruled by sea, like we said, centered in or on Crete, which was it's on a fault line, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so many earthquakes and so forth and destruction and, so, and all that happens there. Capital. Which
1: I think is one of the reasons, like Troy, too. I think Troy was partially destroyed by earthquakes. I think so at, too, least, yeah. at least At least yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. One,
0: of, one of the many. Yeah. And then not Gnosis, but.
1: How how was it again? Nu- Noose. Nope. No, no Nos, No, it was. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so ingrained. Yeah, it, it's tough to break that a pattern. Way that... All right, hold on. Here we go.
0: anticipation <laughs> Na- Na, No. <Nosus>. Na-s- nasus. Nasus. Okay. So
1: I guess the, that first. Na-na. O Na-na. is a pronunciation, and then a U at the end. Nasus. Nasus. Okay. Interesting.
0: And then King Minos, we'll yeah. talk a little bit about him.
1: so the Minoans wouldn't have called themselves the Minoans. This is a, uh, a word we've given to them. Um, we being uh, you and historians me. yeah the, the the collection of history. so I was I was trying to explain this to my my class. So if you are familiar with the myth of uh, King Minos, he was a ruler living on Crete. Uh, it has palace of Gnosis. And he had, or Nasus, I guess, um, and he had a agreement with, uh, I believe it's Zeus, and my my myth here may be a bit rusty, so forgive me if I mess up, people. But um, Zeus had given him uh, this prized white bull to be sacrificed, uh, and, and he chose not to sacrifice this bull and instead to keep it. This upset Zeus, so he put the bull and Minos' wife together, which produced the minotaur. So, this uh stepson, I guess uh, of the uh, yeah of Minos, and so he nice. couldn't couldn't kill this creature, so he imprisoned it. He had a labyrinth built. Daedalus constructed this labyrinth, um, and the minotaur lived in the labyrinth, and the subjugated state of Athens was forced to send tribute to um, to the Minoans to be sacrificed to the Minotaur every year until Theseus, the forgotten son of King Aegeus of Athens, comes along and manages to slay the Minotaur and navigate his way back out, make it back home, forgets to put up the right color sails, dad flings himself off a cliff, hence the GNC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and then we're all happy back in Athens without Papa. But uh, But so the way I was explaining this was later Greek people... Investigating the island of of Crete, are going to come across these ruins, and I think the Palace of Knossus, or Knossos, uh, had over a thousand rooms. So if you're looking at the ruins of this, the foundations of this, it's going to look like a giant maze. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there we get the labyrinth. We, we've seen a lot of the frescoes and artwork representing bulls and this bull leaping and this obsession with bulls on Crete. Uh, even later we have the Cretan bull, which is part of the Hercules uh, I guess part of Hercules's tasks. Um, we can talk about that later, but so, so Crete and Bulls are connected. So we've got bulls, we've got Crete, we've got this Minos fella. So they string together this myth to kind of explain why they're finding what they're finding. And then that gets handed down over time. And so when modern archaeologists are finding these things and they need a name for them, I mean, it's fitting. Yeah. And that's sort of, I, you know, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, it's similar to like Harappa Mahanjo-Daro. Like right. don't necessarily know what they call themselves, but it kind of just makes sense to kind of go from... With what archaeologists find, mm-hmm. you go know, from there. Um,
1: As I was talking there, absolutely. I mentioned frescoes. Do you want to talk about frescoes?
0: Yeah, you have the the paintings kind of that are uh, on the walls there, and it's typically of uh, you know bull fi- bull sorry, bull jumping, mm-hmm. which we all do. Who doesn't yeah. bull jump? Absolutely. And you have like the boxing. The kids always like that one because mm-hmm. like the guys like stick it in his stomach, and it's just like. What and then the the fish like yeah. they you know they're essentially drawing with what they know but these are like plastered onto the walls, and we still have these like beautiful colorful frescoes um, that are out there and I mean we we technically have frescoes that yeah. are around the school
1: yeah I mean it's an it's an artwork that that it's an art style that. Last for a long time i mean i i was part of me was wondering so the difference between a fresco and a mural is frescoes are done on wet plaster that then dries whereas murals are done on just dry walls so okay is so my question and you've seen this as well i i missed it but the last supper i believe the painting of the last supper by da vinci i believe that's a fresco I think it was done on wet plaster.
0: So I didn't get to see that when I was in Milan. Oh, you didn't? Um, no, because you had to book. You had to book it like weeks in advance to get in. It's not like you just show up oh, and you okay. do it. And it was. We didn't realize that until a few like, oh well, we can't actually do it.
1: Oh, top Google search. Uh, no, so I guess it would. It would technically be a mural. It was painted on a drywall. You know, I think I knew that too because I, I remember something about he wandered the streets of Milan looking for. Um, subjects to fill the roles of the apostles mm-hmm. to kind of mimic their their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's a bit. It um, he did put plaster on the wall and then paint on that, but it was dried. Uh, so not a true fresco.
0: Classic Da Vinci. Yeah, gotta,
1: gotta change things up a bit. Um, linear A is their language. We can't read it, um, and I guess we can kind of stop at that. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we have top men working on it. Right now, top men. But uh, but we can't, as of right yet, read the written language of the Minoans.
0: And one day, one day, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Maybe one of you out there will decipher. Hopefully, let us know. Decipher their... If we, if you can read your handwriting, you can probably. Read that.
0: <laughs> some of them I probably could read Linear A before I could read some of their handwriting. That's true. But you, we can move on from the Minoans. And we move on to the Myc Do you say Mycenaeans or Mycenaeans?
1: I say Mycenaean. I say but, Mycenaeans. But, uh, and the city-state is Mycenae, Mycenae, is how Mycenae, you say it's that? Mycenae, yeah. yeah. So, I do say so Mycenae maybe it's Mycenae Mycenaeans? Mycenaeans. I don't know. You know what we're talking about, folks. This is ancient history. We, we're going to pronounce stuff all kinds of ways.
0: <laughs> well, I was pulling up a picture uh, from when we were, we were actually at Mycenae. Oh, okay. Yeah, when we were in Greece. And, I mean, you can see from the... The picture here, oh, wow, yeah. that is, I mean, it's just incredible. You have this massive view, and they have, I don't know if it's in this picture, but um, one of the last, I forget what king it was, but you could see him, like, resting in the hillside. Oh, really? Yeah, the way the mountains were, it looked like he had, like, hit his back turned, and he was, like, resting. And it,
1: That's pretty cool.
0: And that was, like, the legend kind of, on and I can't remember, like, what what king it was at this point. I should know, but I can't remember right
1: now. But when we're talking about the Mycenaeans, we're talking oh, about that? the group. The, the, they are on mainland Greece, on the Peloponnese, um, and so <clears throat> this these are an Indo-European people, uh, which is why we can read their writing. We call it Linear B, but it's it's intelligible. We can read it because it stems from the same linguistic background as uh, like Sanskrit, right? It's all an Indo-European language base. Um, we know they're a warrior culture. Um the, the Mycenaeans are a warlike people. Their their cities had fortresses and citadels and, and we know that about them and how they were connected and how they would interrupt Minoan trade. They're coming in a couple hundred years after the Minoans and they're going to outlast the Minoans, um, conquering them, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um and these are also the subject of of the the Iliad. We touched on that, but uh King Agamemnon of of um Mycenae. Is one of the main characters of, of well, of both the Iliad and uh, what's the what's the series about his return? Um, The Odyssey. Well, no, well that's that's Odysseus, but there's a there's a a set of plays. Right, right. Is it? I think it's the Orestia. I probably pronounced that wrong, but I think it's is it Euripides?
0: It might be, but now uh, now that I said that, I'm pretty sure the king that they were talking about in this picture was Agamemnon. Oh, okay. Yeah. In that but that's I mean and you look at it it's, you Aeschylus. Have, it's Aeschylus. Aeschylus.
1: Aeschylus. A, a, well no Aeschylus. yeah Aeschylus wrote the Oresteia Orestia. it's a trilogy of, but it covers Agamemnon and the the house of Atreus and their return from Troy and his murder and all that good stuff you can't have a Greek tragedy without lots of death it's folks. true but it could be Agamemnon He he's kind of the famous yeah, king I'm pretty sure of, it is yeah and his brother Menelaus of Sparta if it's yeah, I have, somewhere
0: I have that picture. I don't know, but um, yeah. So just those are like the founding peoples, essentially of the Greeks that we'll talk about later in here. The the Minoans from Crete and the Mycenaeans from mainland Greece.
1: Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna kind of set the the framework for later civilization. I mean, they they both they're not the the same peoples, but they've got the. guess the I guess the groundwork laid for the later Greeks that are going to populate that region to kind of pick up off of or Mm -hmm. work off of. Um, which primarily we're going to be talking about Athens and Sparta through the course of these podcasts, but, I mean, there's hundreds of other city-states that we could touch on, Mm -hmm. um, Thebes being another big one, but Corinth and and Mycenae is, is one as well, and, um, I mean, just well, you could even go to Ithaca. I mean, it's tons, tons of of different city states because they're all different peoples. I mean, culturally they they have similarities, but they're not considering themselves one people, and that's an important thing to get mm. across, I, I guess. But um, I don't know. Do do you want to lead us into talking about some governments
0: here? Yeah, we can touch upon some uh, some governments here. So uh, these are the governments that you will kind of see throughout uh, when we talk about Greeks. In the most stereotypical one that you any any civilization is the monarchy, mon meaning one. This is the king, queen kind of rule. The
1: most simple form of government.
0: Mm-hmm. Really. It's a hereditary rule, mm-hmm. which they'll have early on, and then they'll kind of throw those to the side. Yeah. Um, in yeah. place of.
1: The monarchy, we get the aristocracy, ruled by the best. So this is kind of like the the noble, upper-class people. And I, I was explaining to my students in in Athens, you, they were archons, was kind of the the name given to these guys. And they made up what was called the Areopagus, which is like a ruling caste of about nine families um, at its greatest, and they were sort of the judges or rulers of Athens. Um, and that borrows its name, the Areopagus, from the trial of Ares, the location where Ares was put on trial for murder of some god or another's kid. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. mythology everywhere.
0: It really is.
1: Um, and if we're talking specifically about Athens, the, the, this is the transition: they go from monarchy to aristocracy, then to tyranny, which is the, the which, if you're looking at the sheet, is is out of order. But if we go to tyranny next, that's the the it is more free than an aristocracy or a monarchy, even though it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> right? Because you do have one ruler at this mm-hmm. point, and they've, they've taken power. Yeah, the tyrant. And they've done so illegally, meaning they haven't abided by constitutional rules, but they do have the support of the people. And so you've gone from one ruler without people's support to multiple rulers without people's support to now having one ruler with people's support. Mm-hmm. So we're getting progressively more free, um, or government more in the hands of people at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: Like we'll, we'll talk about later with Draco and so on and yeah. so forth, and yeah. those guys, with us, uh tyrants. And then we have a, a democracy, which we should hopefully be familiar with, <laughs> considering that's what we have. Now, their form is different than our form. Correct. Because they have a direct democracy, mm-hmm. and I say that I'm going to ask you directly, if you're a citizen, what what we should do. What law? Should we put this in place? Yes, Mm -hmm. no. Or should we go to war with Persia? Yes, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk about later with Rome, we'll talk about a uh, representative democracy, which is, you know, basically what we have here today, where there's just, and it's based on population. There's just too many people. Not everyone can vote. Every 320 million people here in America can't vote every single day. But Athens, it was easier for them to do that because they have, um, one, obviously, a lot smaller population than we do, and they made sure that to vote, you had to be a citizen, which you had to be over 18.
1: You had to be over 18. You had male. to be male, of course. Mm-hmm. On um, land? I, I don't know if land owning is a portion of it, but I imagine it I probably it was. was. Yeah. And, and I know you had to have completed your training for military service, because mm-hmm. that gave you a stake in the decisions that are going to be made, because Athens operated off of citizen soldiers, so they don't have a standing army, but every male citizen, adult male citizen was expected to Bear arms in defence of their city.
0: Yeah, it's a different concept than it's like hard for probably a lot of them to wrap their heads around because you just think, Well, yeah, there's just always an army. Well, there is, but it's you. Yeah. You're the army.
1: Yeah. If we go to war they're 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 emptying the houses. I mean yeah. every male citizen is, is part of the army.
0: You're not waiting for somebody to show up. You are yeah. you are the army. You
1: take your take your shield down off of the wall and pick up your spear next to the umbrella by the door and head mm-hmm. out. I mean that's I guess uh, it is it is hard to grasp, though, because we don't... We live in a country where we have the luxury of having a professional mm-hmm. military that defends on our behalf rather than every citizen of our country having to be responsible for the defense of our country, mm-hmm. which I think does uh, play a part in taking away our, um, our need that we... or the feeling of need we have for participation in government because, you know, whether or not we go to war doesn't directly affect my commute to work but if i was if i was expected to be the soldier that goes to war then yeah my say is is i'm going to want to have it heard
0: yeah it's a good point yeah it really is yeah do you want to talk about quickly uh oligarchy
1: yeah so we skipped oligarchy which is the rule by a few uh so in in the case of sparta which is where we're going to really talk about oligarchy it's a few powerful typically military rulers um and, and this is, a, a, I don't know that I would say as a complaint, but it's an accusation that's levied against a lot of governments even today that it's just a few people in power that are kind of ruling from the shadows. But in Sparta, at least, you had groups that did this. So you had, like, the kingship of Sparta, which was two kings, uh, and then you also had, like, a, a council of elders that were made up of, like, ephors and, and different groups that were responsible for providing input, and they would have all completed military training and service as well. Um, but it's a military, it's more of a military-based rule in Sparta, but it doesn't have to be to be considered an oligarchy. It's just rule by a few uh, in its most basic form.
0: And those two kings, the you have like a domestic king and you have a foreign kind of king, the one that kind of goes off and goes to war every every season, and the other one that kind of hangs back and governs and so forth yeah. and takes yeah. care of business at home. Which kind of makes, yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to have, you can't, your king, you as a king, you want to have someone of your stature leading the military. But then to do that, if there's only one, you have to abandon home to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's dangerous as well. You don't know what can happen while you're gone. So having that
0: and if, system. And if you had two kings in the same location, I feel like there'd be, it'd be conflict. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, there would have to be. I mean, that's the the kind of, crisis of Rome later, right, mm-hmm. with, uh, with some folks there. We'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I guess really that brings us to the end of of our agenda for today, um, except for probably uh, one of the more exciting forms of government to talk about. Mr. Shank, you want to talk about anarchy.
0: Anarchy is the absence of government. Yeah. Well, there is no government. There's no one collecting taxes. There's no one that's protecting you. There's... There's no one putting forth laws. It is it is a lawless. It's basically like the purge, only yeah, all the time.
1: Speaking of the purge, did you know that's a TV show now? Did you see that? I, really, I know, no, I didn't. Yeah, so it's it's now a TV show. On, this uh, maybe stop. Maybe on USA. I watched the first episode of it. Not bad. Really? Like, like on USA, it's not bad. I surprised. I was surprised. It's it's back more to the feel of the first movie, okay. rather than like where they've kind of gotten it out of control in the yeah, later. It's months. almost like just
0: a horror film. Yeah, film.
1: yeah. It's not so much that feel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you asked me to recount what happened in the first episode, I, I can't tell you. Uh, it, so, so I was might, might have been dozing off of here and there. So it's not not thrilling, but there is a plot.
0: Something good to sleep to.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah perhaps. Let's not turn this into a, a review <laughs> show that we'll, we're definitely gonna get minced in comments. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Though it's it's that lawless, governmentless society. And so, what do you think is the sustainability of something like that? Like, if we just invoked anarchy, um, how long how long are we as are we going to last as a people?
0: in this day and age, probably not long at all. Yeah. Just given the fact that when you give people that much freedom, because you could literally do whatever you want and you want to kill somebody, you can kill somebody, you want to steal something, you can steal something. Yeah. And there's no consequences. There's nothing. Yeah, because,
1: because there's no one to enforce it. I mean, other people could maybe enforce consequences on you for something, but it's not a state-driven thing because there is no state.
0: I mean, it would be like if we... Mad Max. If Yeah. If, if we were here at the school and we just, like, teachers said, all right, we're leaving. Um, you guys... You you do whatever you want. You should try to you know learn teach yourselves. How many kids are actually going to do that?
1: I mean, the building would be in flames in minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, as soon as I, we left. As
1: soon as we left, because it it w- but it's that's a that's a micro example of a larger thing. Like that mm-hmm. would that's what would happen to the country. I mean, you just do whatever you want. Well, that's going to turn into a mob pretty fast. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, it's survival. But all right. Well, that concludes Sol. 5A with Geography of Greece.
1: And a sprinkling of some other stuff in there. Yeah, a little
0: bit of government and some uh, USA reviews of The Purge. Yeah, yeah. So the cause uh, of fear is ignorance. That is how we will leave you. The cause of fear is ignorance. So
1: seek to inoculate yourself against it and listen to our show.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been Mr. Shank. And Mr. Woods. Have a good one.